Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 105, Advertising ROAS and Repeat Purchase. This sounds like a real snoozer, James. You put an acronym in your podcast episode title, really? Yes. Yes, I did. And I'll make it up to you by starting off with a painful story of negative advertising ROAS, return on ad spend, for an early stage snack brand. The brand shall remain anonymous as they all do on Startup Confidential. But it's important to share why the $30,000 campaign didn't work. The first reason, honestly, but not the most important, is that the creative wasn't memorable enough to create a surge in trial on very low ad expense. It wasn't focused on storytelling, given the limited talent budget of the founder. It also wasn't even video. And this is the reef on which most failed campaigns and canceled agency contracts crash. Now, agencies like his will often point quickly to the low campaign budget that they, A, said was okay originally to get the business, and B, now point out the inadequate size of. Hmm. Look, creative does matter, but not when other fundamentals are lacking. In fact, great creative chasing a mediocre product experience is one route to negative ROAS for CPG brands, especially those selling mostly in retail. This founder was patient, though and wanted to persist for the sake of at least building local awareness. He funneled the admittedly small budget into just one large North American city, spread out monthly over a year. This at least made sense given his lack of resources and the brand's distribution being limited to the same city. And despite what I'm about to share, the reach was actually pretty strong for that small of a budget, priming, at least he thought, the local market. And maybe it would have had more of an effect if something else, something very measurable, wasn't also true. What am I referring to? Well, the second reason the campaign didn't achieve much was a factor most founders overlook when they calculate ROAS. ROAS in fast-moving consumer goods is a tricky little demon. If you calculate ROAS based on how many people try your product, based on seeing the ad content within a near-term window of time, you will be hunting for a spike in sales during the first month of ads, much like a spike during a temporary price reduction. And look, you may see it too. In measuring this spike, my client found that the unit lift in a non-promoted period during the ads at his key retailer amounted to less than half of his monthly ad spend in that city. It was clearly a negative ROAS campaign from a pure sales generation perspective. And when you're cash-strapped early stage, you really do have to justify ads like that for the sake of your own PNL and survival. Since the brand was new, hard to find in store, and high-priced, this scenario isn't uncommon at all when it comes to paid social media focused primarily on awareness building for a retail distributed brand. But the founder actually calculated the ROAS incorrectly in his disappointment. The problem was actually something much more fundamental that we didn't find out until much later. And looking back on it, he should have known this calculation before invested really anything in ad spend, especially for a retail CPG brand where there's a lag time between seeing the ad and seeing it again in store in which many ad impressions get forgotten. Anyone who runs a D2C channel or a D2C brand knows what I'm about to say. 
lifetime value. LTV is what the founder wasn't looking into or even guesstimating because it's not completely straightforward in a CPG business. But moreover, his business was just too new. You can't measure the lifetime value of something that launched a month ago. And he had decided to advertise on social right out of the gate before understanding what this little LTV number might be. Customer lifetime value and consumer packaged goods isn't really a thing because most CPG companies don't actually calculate it. But there is a way to calculate it, and it is about estimating the long-term value of repeat purchasers combined with the revenue of non-repeating one-time triers, who, let's be honest, are often up to 50% or more of the people who try you on an annual basis. In other words, they reject you. (laughs) Sorry. Hey listeners, exponential growth involves more than a killer product, great fundraising, and a great team. You need superb analytics to ride the ramp. Dr. Richardson's latest online course is now available, Effective Consumer Marketing for Early Stage Founders. You can find course pricing and details at premiumgrowthsolutions.com courses. And now back to the episode. Customer lifetime value is actually something you can statistically model, as we know, for Amazon and direct-to-consumer businesses because you have daily, sometimes even hourly data on repeat purchasing consumers and their purchasing patterns. Now, in consumer packaged goods, you ideally want around 20 to 30% of your annual customers to generate 80% of your annual revenue through repeated sustained purchasing of multiple units every month or week. And this is very possible. It's as possible for Lay's as it is for you if you have the right thing that has a real market positioning with hope. It's the magic behind skate ramp brands. I mean, it's not a common thing for early stage brands, though, as I mentioned in my book, because most of them are suboptimally designed. The more you spray your brand too quickly into too many doors without doing the time-consuming cultural work of building awareness and enthusiasm ahead of distribution, the more the brand will grow, based mostly on one-time trial and adding doors. If you're going to think through paid advertising for your brand, you have to collect some data on your repeat purchase pattern first. And here's the rub. Don't do any paid advertising until you've figured this out, please. And if it takes you three years, so be it. For the anonymous founder in my sad little case, his repeat purchase rate on an annual basis was 11%. This was discovered through loyalty card data, which he begged out of the buyer. Also something I highly recommend you pursue. This means at the end of your first year, this means that 89% of the people on average who bought one bag said, nope, yikes, ouch. That's pretty much the same as the average doomed line extension at a public food and beverage company. All this, despite his steady paid monthly media campaign on social platforms with the admittedly small budget. Without repeat purchase, there is no financial efficiency in creating a new customer. You are paying... Five to eight dollars to get their attention, to get a click to a store locator, which is the best thing you could do with that attention, an initial purchase. And in most early stage CPG companies, folks, that are especially in the food and beverage, that's two to three X your gross profit per unit. <gasps> so it's a money loser to pay for advertising that doesn't generate enough sustained habitual repeat purchase to fund the bloody advertising. When you do the math, folks, it's in the habitual repeat buyers. The real fans created off each campaign that make the entire thing and the entire expense worth it. It shouldn't be about generating one-time trial. One times X units is far less than 50 times X divided by 10. In fact, 
it's five times less. Do I have your attention now, listeners? For the math challenge, you may want to rewind this and listen to that formula again. And, and it's not too far off the mark. <laughs> Despite this theoretical return on a strong, habitual, repeat-driven brand, the latest research indicates that paid social simply doesn't make sense for mostly offline CPG brands selling in brick retail in their early years. Why? Because you don't yet have the awareness, the passion, the word-of-mouth flow, the product is not often optimized, and multi-packs aren't on shelf right next to the trial size packs, allowing fans to easily upgrade and load their pantries with their lovies. Paid social or paid Amazon ads can work very early on for Amazon D2C sales, however, and that's almost become a science known as performance marketing. By removing the time lag between ad viewing and purchasing online ads for online buying is wildly, wildly frictionless and can even tap into emotional impulses that are, you know, almost impossible to even explain. But here's that pesky issue again. Even then, you have to sustain repeat purchasing to really get your ad money back at five to eight dollars a click or more if you're in some horrendously overbidded environment. Two purchases from 20% of your initial buyers is also not likely to make your money back. Well, they might get close. But the point here was to add users and profit, right? And to grow. <laughs> at least I hope it was. If you can measure your monthly repeat purchase rate and then quantify the annual value of these consumers before you pay for social ads, you have the first component necessary to calculate real ROAS and to determine if a significant campaign expense is actually going to be worth it. And it's going to need to be more than 30000 bucks, folks, in a year. Once you have that number, you can calculate the value of one-time trial lift during your advertising campaign, which you can usually measure. And then you can use a formula to project and forecast what that lift in units will generate in terms of repeat purchasing. I mean, you can also see the velocity growth over time as well to see if something actually did cause sustained increase in sales. And then usually it's those repeat purchase units that will create the permanent baseline lift out of any campaign. With this lift calculation and the LTV coefficient formula, whatever you want to call it, based on your monthly repeat purchase rate, you can basically estimate the value of repeat purchase generated off specific kinds of campaign. And that LTV value or coefficient should pay for your advertising costs within a reasonable period of time. I would say six to nine months for the campaign to be deemed a success. If you're betting on over a year of repeat purchases just to pay for your ad campaign, I would say that that is a tactic you need to avoid unless you are in a VC-backed high-growth scenario where you're willing to give up control and you are shooting for the moon, which, if you listen to me, wouldn't do it with my company. Uh, I can tell you that. But you're welcome to go try to ride the unicorn. If you sample out a store, just so you know, you can use the same exact approach, except that the advertising spend simply becomes your all-in cost to sample. Now, I'll be honest, sampling in real life when it's done at the right lifestyle niches, generates much higher conversion rates, higher repeat rates, and better cash efficiency, which is why I talk about it in my book a lot and why it works. It does cost money, though, but can often have a better financial return than paid advertising, especially in the early years and the early phases of skate ramp growth. My anecdotal work with clients on these mechanics suggests again and again that paid campaigns of any kind 
They really only generate ROAS in retail CPG businesses when A, repeat is very high in the business, B, consumers habituate to consumption quickly, and C, multipacks are available in retail if the brand emerged there. That's all I got on this thorny topic. Woof! Don't jump into paid ads, folks, especially on social, until you know your repeat purchase dynamics and long-term usage patterns. Look, it's a game for eight-figure brands, really. They're not going to tell you that, but I am. Or for pure play online brands. As always, folks, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founders quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.